Hello and welcome to Cracked Open, a podcast guiding you on your journey to becoming a vessel of unconditional love. This is your host, Beck Mylonis, High Priestess, Channel, and Activator. Join me on this series as I share reflections, insights, and channel transmissions from my journey of walking the initiation path. Each episode is a unique transmission containing supportive frequencies to facilitate the deepest healing, activation, and reconnection with your soul. I invite you to open your mind and set the intention to receive this episode into your heart space. Let's go. Welcome back, beautiful souls, to another episode of Cracked Open, a podcast guiding you to becoming a vessel of unconditional love. Today with me, I have Graham and Graham and Darren, the hosts of the Grimerica podcast, who I had the pleasure of co-creating with recently on an epic podcast. Um, and I'm, I've invited them here today to continue the conversation. So Grimerica is a loose canon podcast exploring the mysteries of the universe through conversations with those they deem interesting and often on the fringe. Apparently that's me, which is great. I'm interesting and on the fringe. Graham and Darren started Grimerica in 2013 and it's continued to grow. I think it's doing really good. You guys like in the top 2% or something, right? It's pretty big. Uh, 0.5%, I think. Oh shit. Yeah. That's like, yeah. whoa, amazing. So that's, that's, yeah, really well, cool. I mean, and... there's a lot of low end. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's millions there's, now. Yeah. Man. There's, there's yeah. so many millions of just terrible podcasts that we just, you know, we're lucky enough to just float up with the rest of the tide. Amazing. So we're going to talk about kind of whatever we feel like talking about guys today. It's kind of a loose container. i this is my first threesome on here. Um, so, you know, let's see how that goes. Not my first threesome in life, but in here. So I'm going to introduce the guys individually and then I'll give them an opportunity to introduce themselves. So Graham, we have up here in the looks like a studio environment. Graham's a longtime podcaster, seeker, narrator for audiobooks and Reiki master who has been clean and sober for 15 years. Graham's primary passions are podcasting, researching and helping others. Most recently, he's pursued a spin-off podcast, Grimerica Outlawed, and has narrated various audiobooks. And then we have Darren with the alien backgrounds, which I love, which I asked, can you please do that? I love it. <laughs> Darren is a father of two, a podcast host, author, and entrepreneur. His skeptical approach to the phenomena investigated on the Grimerica show is tempered by his libertarian learnings, although this combination frequently leads him to crush the dreams of anyone looking for high-rated synchronicity. I love that bit. I was like, I need to put that in because it kind of like, you're a bit, um, what's the word that I want to use? Skeptical, right? Like you're a logical minded, skeptical man is what I'm gathering from that. I try to wait, be. Yeah, I try to be. hear some of his deeper thoughts and conspiracies. Okay. I'm like, how is he the skeptical one here? Well, it's going to well. be interesting. <laughs> so, guys, this is a like this intention of this podcast is is around awakening and consciousness and, and becoming, you know, the best version of yourself. So the question I want to ask is like, firstly, to start Grimerica, like what was the intention for both of you? And what were your personal journeys to kind of get where you are? Any big things that have happened along the path to bring you into this seeking, um, into this expansion of consciousness? Graham, you can go first, I guess. So we don't like all sure, get confused. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, sure. So, well, yeah, I mean, I had a, a, a massive multi-person uh, UFO sighting in Israel in 1990. And that kind of cracked me open, I would say. And, um, but I also lost, I lost that sort of uh, quest and got, uh, you know, addicted to drugs and alcohol 
climbing up the corporate ladder. And then when I got sober, I got interested in all this stuff again. And it kind of came back. It came flooding back. I started listening to podcasts and then I met Darren and somebody had said, you know, you could do a podcast. Cause I got right into them in like probably 2008, 2007, maybe 2009. And then Darren and I met uh, at work in Alberta and we went to a conference together and I, I, <clears throat> I popped his cherry, uh, his uh, podcast cherry. I was like, Darren, you got to listen to these. Cause I knew he was interested in like ancient aliens and stuff like that. So we, uh, we went out traveling together to this conference and we decided we could do a podcast too. And like ask all the, all the right questions and talk to, talk to all these researchers ourselves and sort of get involved in all this. And uh, so we did, we started up like 10, almost 10 years ago now. And uh, it's been going, it's been going pretty good. Amazing. I so definitely the, think we need to talk about alien, ancient aliens. Like I feel like I'm that's, and they're all fucking here. Like, I mean, people who listen to this podcast are familiar with me talking about how we had come from an alien lineage, but like, I feel them. They're here. They're like, yo, we love you. So that's great. And definitely feel like we can go into that. Um, Darren hit us with your self-proclaimed bio or how you got to be on this path. Well, I guess with Graham, most of the way I, uh, I mean, I guess more than Graham, I was I was kind of looking for an outlet and also try. I tried a couple things like I tried blogging beforehand and I was looking for some way to sort of get a foot in on doing something other than doing my day job, which funny enough, I'm still doing because I can't seem to leave it. And I'm um, not. <laughs> and he's not. So but uh, yeah, same as Graham, we just sort of progressed along the way podcast is my middle child and uh, i actually have a stepdaughter living with me now too so i have three little girls and a podcast and another podcast and everything else so now i just find myself super busy all the time but uh i think i like it i think i prefer it that way whenever it slows occupied. down i kind of get bored and mm. i'm not good at sitting still so yeah Lately, I've been cool. learning how to make video, to edit video. So that's going to be the next skill I try and pick up. Love it. Both of you kind of like, so, you know, Graham, you've said that you're sober for 15 years. And I, I read, you know, on your website, Darren, you're not sober, but like you've dealt with that stuff in the past. And it's funny because I, I in my past, turned to drugs and alcohol and all of this stuff as an outlet because I think maybe sensitive beings or people who are seeking, we, we want to dull, like dull ourselves down in some way or turn to stuff to get an experience or whatever that is. So what was the drive for you to go sober firstly? And, and kind of like, what was your relationship to that? Like the, the drinking, the, you know, cause I think it's so common on this journey that people have these inversions where they are ad addicted to stuff or they've gone through, like they have had to battle with stuff or become clean and sober, whatever that is. Yeah, I wonder sometimes if like when I think back now, why why did I lose that interest? Like this, I was spiritual kind of in the mid nineties and all that, but then I lost I lost it all. And I don't know if I I did that sort of on purpose or if if I just got caught up in the rat race and I and maybe I wasn't content, but I was trying to get through. You know, I was I was trying to kind of fake it till I make it in a, in the corporate environment, and maybe that just wasn't resonating with me. You know. And it just got alcohol just got worse and worse and worse. And then cocaine again, got really bad. And then, and then I just, I just, it was just either that it was either I get sober or end up on the street or 
dead or whatever. I mean, that was at that point. Right. So, um, I thought when I went to rehab, I thought, well, I'll just stop the hard drug use and I'll just keep drinking. And then something clicked there with me and a bunch of other guys. It's like, holy fuck, alcohol is like a main problem here. Mm-hmm. So I figured that if I didn't sort of hit my bottom quick like that, I probably would have been drinking for another decade or two, just struggling. So, you know, and, and then it was just really, once I realized that it was a, there was a spiritual solution to this addiction for drugs and alcohol, at least. I mean, and, and, and I guess I believe everything. And it was pretty easy for me to embrace it and just do what I was told and listen to the advice and the stories from people in the past and just follow the path. I think as well as you become more open, like it becomes really difficult to do the amount of stuff. Well, for me anyway, I'm only relating to my personal experience. I only stopped drinking a couple of years ago. And for me, it was like going to sober events and that sort of thing. And when my Kundalini awoke and I became really sensitive, it was like my body couldn't even handle it anymore. And I was really acting out of integrity with myself every time I got drunk. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? So I didn't like, I actually had to cut it out and be like, I'm not doing this. And I, it's a hard no. Um, but then that would lead to me binging and going crazy and wild every once in a while and then hating myself. So then I changed my relationship to it where it was like, like if I ha- want to have a fucking drink, I can, I can have a drink. I went out on the weekend. I had a couple of drinks. Um, I had a, a couple of like little party favors, things like that. And that was my first time in years actually that I'd done anything like that, but it's not like this hard no for me. And I think when we set these hard no's for ourselves, sometimes it's, it almost makes it more appealing. Cause you're like, Oh, like there's this part of you that doesn't want to be repressed and um, does that. So I, I don't have a problem with drinking. I don't, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and judge people that drink or party or do any of that stuff. I just think it's something that naturally happens along this path is that you stop desiring it because you realize you can connect to these states of pleasure or joy or expansion or whatever that is without the alcohol. And then once you've done that, you're like, fuck, I can go to an event and get really high and dance for like seven hours on nothing and not feel like shit and not accidentally hook up with someone or whatever the fuck it was that I used to do all the time when I was drinking, just turn into this drunk mess. Um, and that feels good. And I just feel like I make bad decisions when I'm drunk, like something ticks over in my brain and this alter ego comes out. So I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's my relationship to it. I think, um, yeah, we need to be conscious, like whatever we're doing and putting in our body, we need to be conscious of it and the effect. So. Yeah. I lost the desire to, I mean, I just don't even want to anymore. And that's, that's, that's why I stay abstinent is I don't want to mess around with it in my head. Like, how do I control it? Do I need to control it? How many do I have? How much do I have? Or, you know, am I drinking too slow or too fast or whatever? Like, you know, it just, it just doesn't end well for me. So I, I feel content without it completely. Yeah. Now psychedelics, maybe not, maybe not in the, in the future, (laughs) like psychedelics, you know, and I, and I don't have anything against people drinking or using or whatever. It's just not for me right now. Yeah. You guys talk a lot about psychedelics actually on your, um, on your podcast. Like I've, I've seen you do a lot of stuff. Do you both dabble in psychedelics yourselves? I don't anymore. I mean, I did before, but I was never, I never had the proper reverence for it. I was always partying with it, you know, yeah. doing too much at once of everything. And, but Darren, Darren uh, has been recently, he's had a couple of interesting experiences. Do you want to share with us like your best psychedelic experience recently? Uh, recently. Well, just the whenever. last time I ate, the last time I ate a bunch of mushrooms was in a terrible hotel room in Brooks. It was like, uh, I didn't book a room in advance because I just assumed Brooks is kind of like, it's a little town in the middle of nowhere. It's not really a little town. It's big enough to have some nice hotels. 
but there was some red bullshit going on in town that I didn't realize. So we got, I got to town, there was no hotels. And my buddy's wife was like, you guys aren't fucking eating mushrooms here. So we found a little, like the worst hotel you can imagine. It was like something that would get pictures just being like off strip in Las Vegas. Just like floor wasn't really level and the carpet stained. And I don't know if the bed, bed vibrated or not. I don't think it did. But uh, it'd be a good way to check for bed bugs. Anyway, we end, that's where we had. So we ended up eating a bunch of mushrooms in there and uh, hanging out in the field for a while. And then like just going back to the hotel and like I always have to have my towel with me. I like to wrap myself up in a towel a lot of the time. And uh, that was a good experience. I, I enjoyed it. I kind of like to just work some stuff out with myself. I mean, like usually, my, I'll usually be with somebody when I do a lot of mushrooms, but we don't really spend a lot of time talking to each other, maybe in the beginning and then a little bit again in the aftermath. But for the most part, you know, we're not talking to each other because we're each doing our own thing. Yeah. And then other times, you know, maybe I just do a little bit just to have fun. Like we were out at the uh, one of our events a couple of weeks ago with a bunch of people out of Mount Shasta and everyone was drinking mushroom tea. And then I'll just have a little bit, you know, just enough to get the, the giggles. And it is a much funner environment than when everybody's getting shit faced. I mean, some people are drinking still, but once, you know, everyone's just having a good time. Yeah. I think mushrooms, like I used to do a lot of, well, not a lot of mushrooms, but I use them very tactically like psilocybin earlier in my journey. I sat at five grams. I think it was technically a heroic dose in like a setting with like, they made us all not talk and it was overnight and like we had to settle these intentions and process all of our shit on our own and it was so fucking powerful having that like you can't speak to anyone like there was a rule like you're not allowed to speak to anyone and I was like but what if like I need to say something she's like then you need to look at like why your ego needs to derail someone else's experience and I was like oh shit so that was like going in my head the whole time but I experienced total ego death for the first time in my life and that experience it was really powerful and then after that I used mushrooms on my own Cause it can get really hectic and shamanic for me. And I just don't want to like subject anyone to that. Um, and there was a time, I think it was 2020. I was using them quite a bit to heal and go inwards and, and intentional and that sort of thing. And I was feeling a lot of like really shitty energy coming at me in those spaces. And the mushrooms spoke to me and they were like, you need to stop doing mushrooms for a while because like there's heaps of like really negative feedback in the field. You're opening yourself up and you know, it's just not productive. So I actually haven't done much. I did maybe once since then. Um, I did do Wachuma, which was incredible. I sat Wachuma in Costa Rica, which is San Pedro cactus medicine, which I sat in ceremony with a karmic partner. And that was fucking triggering. Like it was like really, really chaotic. Um, I would love to do ayahuasca. I haven't been called yet. And I think partially it's because I'm so sensitive, like any, the little slightest bit of anything, I'm just cracked even more open. So I think they, they're an incredible tool for, expanding our awareness and consciousness but i think the goal of them is to awaken something that's already within us right like they're just the plant is helping us to access something that we can access sober so if you can access that sober like even better and um yeah i would love to know about these this is i definitely want to talk to you guys about this these events that you have where you go out and you follow the is it you following the Stephen greer protocol the closing ca5 i don't want pretty to much yeah pretty much i mean I think his was originally C SETI. And then I don't know if that got rebranded to CE5 or CE5 is kind of a blanket branding of all the different types. Cause there's a few different groups that go out worldwide and do this. Maybe um, you should I explain to, what this is. Cause I don't yeah, know if everyone on my podcast yeah, will know even what this protocol yeah, it's, is. Um, 
it was it was Greer start he started it out in like the 90s the the mid early uh actually early 90s so center for the study of extraterrestrial intelligence and they would go out and they created these protocols where you'd go out and meditate together with a loving intention and and you would use sound from crop circles and different sort of you know lasers in the sky and you would try and summon you know contact these ufos and um when i did that in the 90s like 94 95 um, we never really saw anything back then, but it was it was cool to hang out with a group of people looking for UFOs. But since I came to Calgary, we started it. I started doing it with a group out here about eight. I don't know. I don't even know how many how long ago it was now. Eight years ago, maybe. And we had all kinds of all kinds of stuff happen, all kinds of sightings. Um, so we would do the same thing. The protocols, like I'd have a singing bowl, maybe, or or we do like a group intention, go out there with with. Um, you know, make sure there's love in your hearts and all that kind of stuff and, and uh, sort of remote view up there and try and make contact and bring stuff down. And we had, we had success. I mean, it was, it was pretty interesting. We didn't see any like craft land or anything like that. And people, and Darren, Darren, Darren's using his quote fingers right now. Um, But he, um, you know, we had different things happen and sometimes it was in response to your questions or intentions. And so I, but then lately with making contact with anything, I'm kind of skeptical. Like I've kind of almost, you know, I had enough stuff happen to me personally where I'm like, okay, like this is all real and stuff. I I don't really know what it is still. I don't know if it's ETs. I don't know if it's some black project thing going up there, um, you know, scouting things around in the sky. And, and I don't, I also don't know how to trust making contact with beings in general. Like it's, you know, so I trusted the groups and all that. It's not that I don't trust the groups or anything. And, I, and it's not even that I don't really trust the beings, but after doing the show for so many years and talking to so many researchers and, and people that talk about the occult and all this too, it's, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm better just not trying to make contact with anything just in case. And why aren't they kind of helping? Like I read a couple books. We had, a, we did a couple shows on this where they're saying like, well, the good ETs aren't, you know, they're, this non-intervention stuff is kind of bullshit because supposedly the bad ETs are out there connected with our governments and all this. So why, why are they allowed to, to do this? And we're not getting help from the good ones. Mm, and that kind yeah. of resonated with me a couple of years ago. I'm like, well, you know, I kind of got like, okay, like enough of this, like has to happen from, from the ground, um, this groundswell of people for like the grassroots kind of thing. Right. Like, why can't we just have disclosure without us making it happen? So, yeah, it's interesting what's coming through to like mention is you're saying, why can't they help? And like, you know, why are the good ones not here and the bad ones? Uh, it's, I want to share something that I've learned recently about like our galactic origins, right? Like, so when we've been like as, as Lyran's beings, like we come from Lyran beings, which are a, a different race. Humans were seated here by various beings. And I'm sure you guys are familiar with this, but there's this actually like really long fucking history of why the galactic, the galactic federation was formed and I only just learned this recently and I was like shit and it was from various channelers and then I tuned in as like is this correct is this true and it felt true um and I've been told that it's like kind of like the same story as Star Wars it's it's where it all comes from so the Galactic Federation 
was actually a result of a lot of wars that were going on between like the reptilian draconians and then the lyrans who then formed a bond with the syrians and i think maybe the pleiadians there was some other like different races right um because essentially what happened back then way 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 back then this might have some rememberings for people so if you're purging some stuff that's cool just be gentle to yourself but essentially the draconians came into lyra or wherever it was i don't know if it was specifically lyra but to their constellation into their in their space in the in the galaxy and it was like a utopia like it was beautiful abundant and basically these draconian beings came and were like trying to dominate it and take control as they do that's their vibe that's their whole fucking thing they're these big fucking <laughs> you know dominating beings that they're all about conquering and dominating and they've done this like across the galaxy across the universe to many different places so these wars started breaking out because lyra was like no fuck off like this is our place like you can't just come in here and you know, we don't want you here. Um, and these wars were going on for like millions and millions and millions of years. And so many souls were lost and died as a result of these wars between, I, I suppose you want to say the light side and the dark side, but I'm not really into that dialogue of, you know, duality, but like it's, yeah, the, the goodies and the baddies, if you want to call them that, but I think everyone's kind of neutral anyway. But from this, there was this decision to create this foundation or this federation um, which brought peace across the galaxy, right? So the Galactic Federation in and of itself is neutral. <laughs> like we have this idea that the Galactic Federation is just the good guys, but it's actually not. There's draconians, reptilians, like beings from all races on this federation. And it's kind of like the UN for the galaxy, right? So the, the Galactic Federation is here to keep the balance and the, um, the neutrality, right? Like to, to not like bring wars into it. And due to various like karmic contracts and um, you know the fact that we're this whole big experience and experiments are in all of these other things, there's been things in place which have meant that they can't intervene here, right? And I know we talked about this on your podcast and I know it, you don't like hearing this because you're like, why, why can't they intervene? Um, but basically it's like, their job is to not intervene unless there's this imbalance going on. And because these people who are running our government or these shadow governments and all this stuff, there's so many things going on which are playing out contracts, which are like from a higher perspective, these contracts need to play out because there is free will. So there is this policy of free will, which must be honored in the universe. It's the God's kind of like the God consciousness of free will. Everything needs to come into balance on its own. Karma needs to be kind of neutralized through like both experiences happening. That's how karma neutralizes. Like when the inverse experience happens, the yin to the yang, whatever that is, then it comes into balance. So there's all these contracts and things playing out firstly. Secondly, um, we submit to this stuff. We have, humans have submitted to this stuff. We've consented on so many fucking ways. In so many ways, we've consented and said yes. And what these beings are doing is they're putting things out there in the open for us in a sly way which is like well we're telling you like you're consenting you're signing up read the fucking fine print which we don't do um so they're not actually infringing in the ways that we think that they are and we're just dumb enough or have been dumb enough to go along with it right the other thing i want to say is there's fucking aliens here now <laughs> we're reincarnated like i am not human right i am very human but i'm not human and there's so many people who uh you know they call themselves star seeds or whatever who actually are these aliens who've reincarnated here with their frequency, with their soul missions, with whatever it is to bring this balance. So they've come here, right? And I've sat with my guides so many times and they're like, dude, like congratulations and good for you for signing up because we don't want to fucking sign up for this mission. It's shit, like getting all of my 
consciousness and my love and my light and like squeezing it and condensing it down into this dense fucking body and then being in this pain and suffering and being here for this critical point in humanity's awakening but they're here so it's really funny to me trying to contact these beings as if they're out there when they're here embodied in human forms or they're here like I work with a lot of them all the time around me and I connect to their frequency and they are here to help like most of them are here to help if you're asking them um and when I connect to them it's pure love there's also not nice not nice stuff going on and you know I've spoken about this enough times to even kind of be bothered going down this road about all the shit that can happen in those realms with these beings but they are here and they are helping us um I just think that maybe we have an abandonment wound like collectively that we're dealing with of like why can't someone fucking save us it's just like it's this why aren't we being saved and it's like no you need to save yourself right so if you're trying to help someone who is not helping themselves you're disempowering them so when i say all of that like how does that reflect what's your reflection on yeah that? i i like it i i kind of agree with it um for the most part um but that's kind of what i was when we were mentioning it earlier about um like I think we're in a war right now on earth, mm -hmm. a war for our spirituality, our war for our humanity too. And, and it's going to be a long, so I I'm prepared, not physically as much, but sort of getting sort of prepared, I guess, emotionally, spiritually, that it's just a, it's going to be a long, long, like they're not going to give up. And there's a lot of people waking up, which means it's got to come to a head at some point. Um, and it's going to take a while to come to a head. And it's just a matter of like, what's going to happen when it comes to a head, how, how bad does it have to get before that? But, you know, I'm not expecting any help either. So I'm not, I'm not saying that from like a, you know, come help us perspective. It's just like, it just logically doesn't sometimes make sense. Right. Why are they allowed to go do all, all of this? I know we give them consent and all that. I, I understand that, but it's going to be a while before it comes to a head here, I think. So we got to, I think it's going to be, just hunker down for a long sort of drawn out, like reality is going to be cracked open for a while before yeah. people, before enough people realize. And there's always the caught the, the wild card of our consciousness and, and sort of like the way we're connected in the invisible realms, which will, which who, who knows how that can play a part. So I'm not saying that it's necessary. It's all, you know, it's going to be long for sure, but that's my sense is that this is going to be like, years and years and years decades of us of a bit of a struggle like when we look back as humanity 500 years later it's going to be like a huge long struggle yeah and we're in it like we're fucking in it <laughs> there's no two ways about it we've been in it for a while and it's when been did it start up. when will it have I, started i think like you know it's funny people talk about the mayan calendar and the um all of that shit i think that was a and I had a woman on yesterday talking about astrology and the astrology of the current time and all the alignments and this and that. There's this phase which we go through as a collective or as a planet or a universe or a species. And there's certain like um, cycles which we go through. I think we've reached this point a few times and then everything's fucking imploded on itself. Um, <laughs> I just said that to somebody before the show, actually. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. lots of us are like dealing with trauma. I've had actually since your podcast, I've had numerous people email me and like been connecting with people who have this like trauma of like it all fucking imploding every time. So some of us like me sometimes can be a bit like, why the fuck am I here again? Like, you know, what, what's to say it's going to work out this time, but it does feel like since like maybe 2012 because that's when yeah. for me i really started like there was a shift right yeah and there's the hopi um 
the prophecies and all of this. Yeah, there's all this stuff that kind of points to this age of Aquarius that we're moving into. I don't think it's the first time we've done this or been been here, but I feel like maybe this is maybe my hopeful side coming out. I think this time we have the most chance of success. That's me just trying to fucking create something positive. But I do look around and I'm like, like yeah there's a lot of shit and there's like really negative stuff but look how many fucking people are waking up and how many conversations you're having with people and it's like whoa like holy shit like that's crazy um so have you guys seen that like have you seen i'm trying to reframe this for the positive (laughs) yeah yeah no i mean that's and that's the other part that i don't want to forget about is that i don't mean to attach to that that struggle but to just know that um, that it might be like that and, and to still try and manifest, you know, a different reality and to stay positive. I mean, yeah, for sure. That's, that's, that's like the, the daily struggle right now is like looking at the, the negativities and going, okay, like, I'm not going to attach to that. Like, look at all the positives that are happening too. I mean, my world has grown um, online and I meet so many awesome friends right now, but I also have a different physical world. It's, it's shrunk now to me. I mean, there's not a lot of people in my local area that resonate with, me right now yeah but yeah and yeah that's i mean it's by design right like the the polarity or the separation is going to get bigger because there's a bigger gap like what i see it and and how i perceive the energies or how i'm moving in there's literally like two different timelines and for me it feels like 2020 was the first point of this splitting of timelines and it was when everything fucking went down with the rona and i remember there was this moment of like three weeks or two weeks or whenever when everything was fucking blowing up and it was this decision or choice that we had to make internally of like which timeline yeah. and path do we go yeah. down? I actually feel like there's already timelines going on where everything's fucking imploded way worse than it, you know, than it, than it is. And maybe we're just seeing the timeline where that's not the, the case, but it's like a constant every fucking couple of weeks we have these energies come in and there's a timeline shift. And it's like, we're constantly being asked, are you going to align yourself to what, what timeline are you going to align yourself to? And I feel like they're coexisting at the same time. And it's what you're tuning yourself into, like via your own frequency that you're seeing. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of out there, but it's, yeah. What do you think, Darren? Is it 9-11 or 20, 2007? No, man. It's like fucking 100 years ago, maybe 150. I mean, maybe oh, it's the date you, oh, you're, you're talking thinking, about, at, but it's oh, definitely thinking, before World War II. Yeah, there's been this phases. Been, it might have been going, this shit might be going on longer than that even, but I mean, this latest battle might have started in World War II. We've been, we've been under some sort of military or empirical control since at least then, maybe sooner, but at least, you know, some people might argue when Kennedy got killed, but I would say World War II at a minimum is what really fired that motherfucker up. Yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts about all like, cause I don't talk about this stuff much. Like how does that, how do you relate to that? Like when you say this and I know Graham, you'd spoken about like non-secular leadership and where we're at and like where we're moving to, like, what do you see the current paradigm as and what's been and how is it not serving us at the moment? Go ahead, Darren. The current, which current paradigm, like just well, like, the, the, the one that the we're post, breaking the post World War II one, kind of like yeah. Well, I don't know that we're breaking away from it, but uh, I just think that's that seems to be maybe, and I'm just speaking for the West, maybe not even Canada, 
but at least America and seemingly most of the West seem to be a pretty free, much freer space back in the, you know, the fifties, it seems like a little bit, but definitely back in the twenties and thirties in America, there's a lot more personal freedom. I mean, you have the prohibition thing, but, and it might just be that the state didn't have the apparatus in place to do the shit that they have it in place to do now, but it, I mean, back then, you know, being a congressman was a couple of weeks a year. It wasn't like a full-time job with a great retirement package. You know, there was no fucking pensions because you went and served Congress. It was a pain in the ass. I think all you really got was a per diem, and I am talk- could be talking up my ass here, but it's basically like a per diem on the days spent when you were representing your people. And I think all that got hijacked. The All of democracy got hijacked. I don't know if it got hijacked or if democracy is just, was just a clever way to trick us into not over tipping the apple cart because they got sick of us fucking peasants and plebs and fucking serfs tipping over the apple cart all the time because we got all fucking riled up and there's a clear, a clear fucking reason that my life sucks and it's that fucking king or that empire or this or that. But then they pulled up the smoke screen of democracy where they can, you know, it doesn't seem like it. There's a little bit of change depending on who's in power, but not a lot. The ship's not really changing direction. It's just sort of changing, which of course it's drifting to the left or drifting to the right, but it's still heading straight to hell. And, um, yeah. I don't know where I was going. And they made it, well, they made it comfortable enough for us to not really tip over the apple cart anymore. Yeah, that's what they did, basically. They, well, not that, not real. The the comfortability, I don't think, has anything to do with it. I think they've always, in some sense, tried to keep us as comfortable as whatever was allowable and didn't affect their fucking life too much. But um, the main thing is now, when my life sucks, it's my neighbor's fault. It's not, you know, some of us maybe point an eye at the government, but even that doesn't go far because that turns into a right versus left. Well, the government is us. So that's like, it's my neighbor again, because he voted for those motherfucking liberals or Democrats or whatever you want to call it. But, and I don't think it really changes who's running the place at the end of the day. So it's just a clever scheme to have us is mob rule at the best. It's mob rule. Yeah, so it's pitting us against each other, right? Like it's creating more separation. This government that's supposed to unify people—is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, I don't think it's divide and conquer. I think it's divide and rule. So we'll just keep living our happy lives with no one to get upset at, except each other. And from a spiritual perspective, I think the Enlightenment was really the—it was the opposite of the Enlightenment. And it brought in materialism, which is its own problem right now. So how do we how do we navigate a spiritual reality when we're living in a schizophrenic world that's run by materialists, literal atheist materialists? And then on the other side, we have the dogmatic church, which still has a bit of a grasp on the world. But there's this whole center part of the spiritual reality that most of us kind of talk about, which is now getting torn apart by COVID and by people thinking things are inherently evil or people, you know, looking at the overt, overtly satanic symbolism. And, you know, it's, it's, 
so now how do we navigate this realm where the new age is being attacked for being sort of evil, right? Because, uh, you know, theosophy is evil because Annie Besant ended up in, in, in the UN or creating the UN. Like it's, it's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing because there is a spiritual reality and what, like, what is okay for us to do? What is okay for us to believe? What is, what's going to bring us together? Like, there's got to be a reality that kind of brings us together. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like when you were talking about government, I was just, I just kept like my brain kept going back to like aliens and different races and how they do systems like that, like government or governing bodies or whatever it is. And there's many races which have like, it's more like a round table, like, yeah, I don't even know what what the word would be a round table leadership where everyone's kind of like equal and valid. And it's more, I would say it's more like not communist, but it's, it's leaning towards that side of like, there's more equality. That's the way that, that's, so that's exactly what I'm getting at with the, with the enlightenment. So I'm just reading this huge chapter right now in a book called Vanished Races. Uh, it's called a uh, prehistoric history and vanished races. And the, and the book is about the Mayans and the Central Americans and, and the, the, the Pueblos and all that. Right. And when the Spaniards came over, they, they labeled everything wrong, right? The way they think of the monarchies and the Kings. So they would name this chief chief man who is actually not a King. He's he's there, vote sort of voted there, and he can be taken down at any time. And his partner, that's called the Snake Woman, has as much authority as him. Like he's in charge of the military kind of aspect of it, and she's in charge of everything else. And they completely the Spanish, like the conquerors, completely got it all wrong. And they're living in this communal, like you said, almost like communism in a way. But it was a communal thing where they all kind of got a say, they all kind of got a vote, they were all equals. Hmm. But they, but they also got representatives that could be taken down other. at any time, and they were there for their ability to lead, and not for some other like monetary reason. Yeah, and they all went there. They all pitched in, and they all yeah, which together. is what. Yeah, this is what I was exactly going to go on the thread of. Like for me, the vision of the new earth is like we all get to fucking show up and do what our dharma is, our gifts, like what lights us up and contribute in that way. And yes, maybe we'll all have like little things to do, like planting the fucking vegetables or like one day a week you get like shit scooping duty or whatever, like, right. We all like pitch in, but it's like, there's no money because it's energy exchange of like, I don't know how the fuck you would quantify that. Like, oh, I gave you X amount of energy in this, um, I don't know, activation we did. And then you're going to give me X amount of energy, but that would be really yeah. fucking dope if we could get yeah, rid of money that, and then just and have energy the, exchange. So that's the other part of the, this chapter is they were looking at it and these authors this is going back to the late 1800s early 1900s and the authors were very scientific as far as the time went but they were they were deriding them for not having money they don't even know what money is they would say they don't even use money they're just bartering these goods and they'd trade all these goods back and forth and how could they not even realize like to me, it sounds yeah. like almost like the ideal setup that they yeah, had and it's, it's and we just problem with that, that the yeah. problem with that is that you don't get zoom you, you don't get, get you know, you probably ain't getting your fucking iPhone. I mean, yeah, but we can the iPhone's not great. connect with our like psychic abilities, right? Sure, so it's like actually know, what you're saying, maybe what you're saying, can. what you're saying about these Mayan eras is I'm like, this is like what they fucking seeded us here with. This is what it's like in other places. This is the golden age, right? I have visions of this golden age where we're all sharing and fucking, but I think the level of consciousness you need to have, many humans are not there because they're selfish pricks, basically. They're still serving self. So in order for us to enter into this, like even equal exchange where we're all fucking sharing memory and like 
connected to each other. We need to reach a level of consciousness to realize it's not all about us and to like be more like, I guess, Jesus or whatever, like serving others, like self, um, not serving self. You have to reach a level of consciousness to be able to let go of greed and like fucking people over, right? Like, is that yeah. not true? Like, that's not true. Yeah. Like, and and Darren, true. Darren, that is true. But the best way that I can help my neighbor, my neighbor is by filling up my bucket so full that it's overflowing into his yard and all the yards around me. You know, that's what that's where I think that the individual comes into play is that we're all best serving ourselves to our best ability so that we're not a draw on anyone else. And then we can maybe think about helping others. But I think it just sort of naturally happens when when everyone when you take care of yourself first when you take care of yourself first it's like putting your mask on first in an airplane accident right this is i did this whole episode about this recently about giving and receiving and how we can't give truly unconditionally if we're lacking in any way like if we're not giving to ourselves if we're not whole if we don't have self-love and boundaries to know when i'm overgiving or when someone's fucking just siphoning me or whatever that is like we need to have a level of self-respect and love and taking care of our own shit and ourselves to be able to give to others but also it's that recognition of that other is self like they're a mirror to you right so it's like literally anything that you give to yourself you're giving to someone else anything you give to someone else you're giving to yourself and that to me is like the core of unity consciousness like i've heard of you know when i've been channeling and hanging out with these beings they're like i would literally not kill or do shit to any of my fellow brethren or whatever or sisters because i just would not like i understand the implications of that that i'm doing that to myself I'm creating karma and whatever else. And so I just wouldn't even want to do that. Like, it's not even a thing in their mind where they want to harm another person because they've merged in this way where it's like, there is no separation, which I think that's what psychedelics are really good for. They help you to feel connected to the trees and the plants and you're breathing into everything. And um, I've been having some wild, like tantric experiences lately of that connection of like, holy fuck, like we're not separate. Like you are anyway. So you have something to say. I can go on like for an hour. No, 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 no. Like (laughs) I was just going to say, Darren actually mentioned this once and I, and I, I, I've never forgotten it, but now people, people are listening are going to be going, but the Mayans, they did sacrifice. They did harm. And apparently they're mm-hmm. on mushrooms while they're doing these sacrifices. And, and I mean, and this book gets into that too, a little bit. It talks about the sacrifices. Like they would either capture people as tributes and they would sacrifice the, those people or people would volunteer themselves to be sacrificed. And mm-hmm. I think it was you, Darren, that once said, well, you know, they were doing that then intentionally. But if you look at, <laughs> if you look at where we're at right now, with all the yeah. children being fucking sacrificed and all the people, I mean, this is like, there's a mass fucking ritual sacrifice going on right now. So yeah. how can you deride think- that when you see that? Like, I mean, if you wanted to look at you know, the excess mortality right now, and even just the human trafficking and, and the amount of violence that's perpetrated by the state, I mean, you could make a good argument that it's not any worse than an intentional sacrifice to appease the gods for a while. Yeah, I think what happened there, like when I tune into it and the frequency of it, and I've had it, I went to Mexico last year and I had this huge fucking remembrance of being there and being, yeah, it was like massive. I need to go back. I've been told I need to go back soon. But um, what happened there was a distortion. It was human level distortion, right? Like, so we were given these pure templates of like the fucking what was seated in us and humans are flawed because we also have fucking reptilian DNA in us, right? We have dna from both we have dna from these higher beings but we also have dna from beings who are self-serving so it's like we were given these pure templates we were given the technology we were given this way of being and economy and all this stuff it's the same fucking thing that happened in atlantis we had free energy we were connecting it was this fucking utopia and then one guy i'm assuming it's a guy because it's always a fucking guy no i'm kidding i love men men are all right but um 
you know, one person was... That builds paradise <laughs> too, though. Don't forget it's that. True. I mean, we it's tend true. to tear them down after we build. <laughs> yeah, but it was just one guy that was like, actually, I'm going to like start fucking taking all of that power for me. So I think, you know, why they were... I mean, I don't know this for sure. Maybe I'm justifying myself in this lifetime, but that was a distortion of something like it wasn't the pure frequency of what we were given. And that's, I think that's why we connect to these beings and why, you know, you say you're not sure of like, why do I connect to them? Should I connect to them? Is it helpful? Well, yeah, because they're a bit more advanced than us and well, they are us and they're reminding us of what the potential is. Like they have frameworks and understandings that we are here to remember and retrieve, but also to they're like an older brother or sister, like, Hey, humanity, we're trying to help you to, um, you know, uplift something that was coming through was complete like change of trajectory. What do you guys think about the recent UFO sightings? Because I have an opinion. I certainly have an opinion, but I'm curious to hear about, you know, all the stuff that's coming out now. Do you think there's an agenda in that? Do you think that's like legit aliens or it's like some fucking shit? No, I mean, I have a really um, obtuse um, theory about it being there being an agenda. I might might as well say it now unless Darren wants to pipe in. I don't really have, you know, I think it's just... uh... A smokescreen, yeah, probably. Yeah. But yeah. I'd I think like it's a, to hear it, guys. I think it's a smokescreen, but they're going to use it for controlling new technologies. I think they're going to yep. they're going to clamp down on anything, any kind of splitting hydrogen, splitting water into hydrogen, any kind of water technology, any kind of hydrogen technology, anything they can now say. Oh, we've we've captured these things. We shot these UFOs down. We found that there's some kind of technology that's dangerous in there. We have to make sure people aren't working on this shit in their basement. Um, you know, even like Dave Zed, a guy who talks about UFOs quite a bit, he's a, Can- a Canadian as well, but I mean, he apparently cracked like anti-gravity in his, his basement and they were knocking at his door. Like CSIS from Canada was knocking at his door. Randall Carlson, one of our friends is coming out trying to bring out this new technology of this, you know, that that'll enable cars to run on water again. And they're, they're already, I think it's already too hard to control this right now. They can't just start knocking people off like they used to in the past. So among other things, because it'll always be used for three or four or five reasons, but one of the reasons why they made sure these things were called objects and not phenomena and not balloons, although that the first balloon was a balloon and the other ones maybe too, but they were definitely trying to call them objects for that specific reason, I think. So they can keep it physical, keep it material and keep it about new energy that's perpetrating around the earth that they can control. Wow. That's a, that's like, I mean, that's part of like the essence of where I was going with my theory, but I fucking love, like, I didn't even think about it from that perspective of the, the resources control and like, they're fucked. They're fucked. If we get free it, oh, that's so, and that's, you know, in his documentary, Stephen Greer talks about that a lot. Like all the people who were fucking murdered and like all this shit that happened, people who had this stuff. And um, but they can't yeah. keep doing that though. Yeah. Like you don't even just so? our, so no, cause our guy, even our friend Randall, who's, who's out there. He went on Joe Rogan's show to talk about this and Joe won't release it because it's too controversial, but he had the inventor of this tech, Malcolm Bendall, and he got it from spiritual source. Like he was reading the, 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 the Sanskrit scriptures from the Vedas and and it's about the Vajra, right? So it's all based on sacred geometry and it's, you can't just keep the lid on that type of thing. He's meeting with the government of India. He's meeting with these corporations like Mazda to try and, to try and sell, um, I think he's trying to sell uh, licenses and stuff for it, but it's been patented and he's got the also releasing all the plans on the internet. So like at some point you just can't keep a handle of an energy that's based on ancient wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, that's exciting. It's really exciting. I think from Super my perspective, exciting. 
Yeah, I was like, they're gonna use this to be like, aliens are attacking, separation, fear, which they totally gonna, are gonna do as well. And it's fucking ridiculous. Cause like when you tune into the frequency of most of these beings, it's love. Like they're so pure. I would love to, like you didn't actually mention any of these experiences, but did you feel that love from any of them or that connection or like, no, you know, what I was didn't. that experience? No, no I didn't. But did other no. people? <laughs> yeah, other people did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, when I tune into them, I'm like, oh my God, it's just pure love. And like, how can this, how can they be trying to fuck us over? Like, I, I don't. I shouldn't say that. I did have a couple experiences where I had like full on body shivers, like, 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 it, like when I had my Kundalini sort of awakened, it was that kind of like everything, the whole body vibrating. And that felt like bliss to me. And I guess I associate bliss with love. So, yeah, I think um, as we're, you know, raising in frequency and we're reaching this pinnacle point, lots of this stuff's going to start to come out because we're ready for it. Like it's, it's again, but it's, I feel like we're at this point that we've been at so many fucking times where it's like, it could implode on us. There could be some dicks that ruin it for everyone, or it could go really well. But it's almost like we had to reach this level of consciousness to be able to access that wisdom and information again. It's like we were buried. It almost feels like for hundreds of years, we've been buried and we've fucking forgotten with the exception of like a couple of homies out there, like, you know, Jesus or whoever else like had this wisdom and knowledge. And obviously that didn't go so well for them. <laughs> but, um, you know, we've reached this point where that remembering is happening for people. We're remembering being other places. We're remembering this wisdom. We're remembering this connection. And it all goes hand in hand. It's like how we're connecting to the oneness and each other is enabling us to exchange information, open up to these psychic realms and receive downloads and receive information and receive that sort of thing. Like, do you receive downloads? Is that something that you are like aware of doing or like stuff uh, drops in? Well, I kind of did the other day when I first quit my day job and I was thinking about writing a book on recovery. I I did, but I haven't finished the book now, but I did feel like, like a couple of times I woke up in the middle of the night and just had to write it all down. So it was coming through pretty quick like that. I guess I would consider that a bit of a download. Other than yeah. that, I, I don't like, I'm not too attuned like that. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone, everyone has the capacity. And this is like a big part of what I share and teach is like, we all have that capacity. It's like, are we tuning into it or not? Are we looking for it or not? Um, are we seeking it or not? Cool. Well, that's all I'm like. Huh, aliens and UFOs. Just as a an, 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 an kind of next question, I'm curious. You guys have a lot of really interesting people on your show. Is there any like anything recently that's come up and it's just blown your fucking mind? Like, and you've just been like, "Whoa, that's a whole paradigm shift for me." It's kind of a loaded question, but maybe is, someone will pop Darren, into your do you mind. Got any, anything coming up for you on that? Ah, uh, hmm. I. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, maybe the China stuff lately that, you know, that was kind of, I wasn't quite aware how insidious some of that stuff was, but not off the top of my head. The I land, mean, it's land been, of chem, maybe. I was pretty on board with the land of chem stuff before the land of chem interview. And, you know, that's not far from where I was going with Egypt. Um, but yeah, I, you know, that one's on the list. Sure. Maybe the All free right. energy one will turn out to be on the list too, but it's just fucking so far over my head that I don't know what anyone's saying. Yeah, it gets pretty uh, convoluted talking about, like I, I <laughs> really struggle with, like I'm an intelligent person, but I struggle when I'm reading about alien tech or like, you know, the science stuff. I'm not fucking good at science. Um, Something that I saw, so I was connecting with a friend earlier who listens to your podcast and he goes, ask them about Man Mount Shasta. They're really into Mount Shasta. So maybe you guys want to talk about Mount Shasta. I feel called to go there soon. Apparently there's like whole in earth 
inner earth community still living there but like what you know why why is he asked me to ask you about mount shasta no no that's good i, I want to mention one thing quickly if i can about uh, yeah. the paradigm changing and we had a guy on called jason Bershears recently and he was in jail for like i don't know 27 years or something like that maybe or 17 years and he read like 1200 ancient books and came up with his new chronicle chronicon it's a, new it's a new timeline oh is that what it was yeah of an underage girl i believe oh really Oh shit. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. It's just he did his <laughs> no. time. Like he did his yeah. time. He came out of jail and he wrote like some amazing books. And he's he's I'm not uh, saying he didn't do his time. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, I know, but that's why we get a hard time because we have you know ex-cons on the show sometimes and it doesn't go over very well. So his uh, thing is RKX, and that's a pretty that's a game changer as far as like you know, uh ancient wisdom and a new chronology of cataclysms and what happens um to the earth. And, uh, so what is that? I have no idea what that is. Do you want to share what that is? I'm like, he, he says that there's a, there's an event that happens every 138 years. It's called the Phoenix event. And it's also, um, he thinks that in 2139 BC, there's five different sources of material that point to that exact date as being like the, the flood, like the a release of the vapor canopy, which was our atmosphere released and flooded the world. Back right. then. So he he compresses everything. So a lot of our other guests are expanding the timeline to like all this ancient tech in Egypt and stuff going back before the Ice Age or during the Ice Age. And he compresses it all and says it's all happening. Like he only goes with the written word, which is only from 5000 BC, I guess, or something like that. And he compresses it all that everything happened is happening a lot faster than we think. Wow. Or more recent than we think. When you speak about that Phoenix thing, I just imagine a big explosion. I watched this fucking movie. I don't even know why I watched it. I'm not really into this shit, but I watched this movie called This Is How It Ends or something like that. And it was basically what had happened in this movie. It was like an apocalyptic film. And there was some sort of explosion and these big like fiery gas clouds that were just like enveloping the whole of the states because everything happens in America because America is the center of the fucking universe. But they it, it exploded in the states and it was like taking over the world. And um I've read stuff and even like in the Bible in um oh my God, Revelations. Is it Revelations? That's the final one, which is all like yeah. fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It talks about how the the earth will end in fire. And I've had these flashbacks of these fucking images. And I was reading this book about like the watches, like so angels who come here and watch. And they talk about watching the earth get engulfed in this like explosion of fire and brimstone. And it's like, whoa, like shit. When you said Phoenix, that's what, what I like in my mind, I was like, whoa, it's like this explosion, but it's also the floods and the landslides and fuck, I've been having some sinkhole dreams lately, which have not been good. Like the whole of like, I was in America in this dream because I've clearly been indoctrinated by all the shit that I watch, but I was in America and this huge sinkhole opened up and started swallowing the earth. And it was like, I had these dreams a lot, so I would not be surprised if some sort of cataclysm or various cataclysms started happening. Um, yeah, not a positive thing to <laughs> like, we're going to be fine, guys. Like these bodies are temporary. It's all good. Like we're going to laugh about this one day. But we have, we've gone through that like various times in humanity. I was actually um, talking to a friend about how I'm scared shitless of apocalyptic stuff and like earthquakes and natural disasters. And he's like, why? Like you get to be free of your body. Isn't that a good thing? And I'm like, well, yeah, from that perspective, like it's dope. I don't want to be in this body. I don't want to be here in this physical plane, but from a, yeah, from a human, like little Beck perspective of like, that'd be really shitty to be in that, like to be 
like that would suck <laughs> like it wouldn't be fun like I don't want to fucking I don't want to have to live for that like fuck can I exit before that happens so I don't know do you guys have like random dreams about like natural disasters it happens a lot to people I think no not really Dar- Darren doesn't dream at all I don't think hey, Darren do you dream wow nothing no 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 I That's- don't dream too often maybe some just little weird ones but nothing no apocalyptic ones that's too bad I mean I'm I'm fine with the apocalypse have you guys been apocalypse prepping? Like, do you have, there was one point where I was like, I got to fucking apocalypse. I got to find myself an apocalypse boyfriend. Cause I'm not fucking lifting shit. I've got to find like <laughs> hoard all my water. And like, I was really serious about it for a while. And then I tuned in and spirit was like, don't like just chill. Like you'll be taken care of. You need to worry. Cause in Bali, like there is no, you can't drink water from the tap. Right. So everywhere else, like you can get water. It's not the greatest water, but you can get it. You can drink it. And there you drink out of these like big three liter, like, um, like filtered water thing. So I was like, fuck, like, what if, you know, sometimes for instance, like the electricity will go off and I can't even have a shower because everything's hooked up to the electricity. So I'm like, well, this is the worst fucking place for an apocalypse. I have no water. Like literally there's natural disasters. Like I'm fucked, but they pray. So, you know, we're all good because the Bali is going to pray about it. But um, so anyway, completely going on a tangent there, but yeah, I definitely, there was a moment when I was like apocalypse prepping, um, which is not, I mean, that's, I don't want to be apocalypse prepping. D- Darren's pretty much well prepped, eh, Darren? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a prepper, but I'm I'm definitely prepared. I'm confident on my ability to thrive in any ecosystem at this point. So I don't care what happens. I'll be fine. What kind Me of scenarios do you prep for? Are you prep for zombies? Are you prep for like explosions like what give me a list of scenarios well, they're all the same in the end i mean they're all the same it's going to be food water and weapons your ability to defend your shit is what it's going to come down to real and quick in, and where we live heat in the winter <laughs> and heat yeah. yes all right so if you can cross those off you know then you you'll be fine and then in six months most of these people will be dead it'll be a wonderland <laughs> That's a very optimistic perspective on the apocalypse. So quickly before we wrap up, Shasta. I don't know why. Just keeps coming up. Oh, what, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. You know, we we ended up in Shasta because um some people we had done business before had a property there. And, you know, it's hard to find people to rent to us sometimes, especially for the big venues for the events that we're doing. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. It's an, it's for a big event that we do. Yeah. So that kind of that's how we ended up there. I, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about it before. Then I, I learned more about it since then. I still haven't actually been on it. I've been close to it. Um, so I could, I don't know anything about it. I just went there strictly from a business perspective. It was more about our meet. Like we do these sort of meetups and stuff where we have, we have some of our podcasts guests, like doing almost like a weekend sort of meetup with everybody and almost like a weekend long live podcast, but just hanging out with everybody. And that one ended up in Shasta, but we do them sort of all over sometimes. I find that interesting because Shasta is the root, like the root chakra of the earth. We spoke about this on your podcast when, when you interviewed me, that's where the root chakra is. Um, And I've heard that there's like, um, like communities of inner realm, inner, inner earth beings still living there. Like, so at some point when one of these fucking cataclysms happened, they actually went in and they're still there hanging out and there's whole communities. And I mean, I feel like when I tune into, so from a human perspective, I'm like, that's fucking retarded and that's not a thing. But when I tune into it, it feels true to me. So maybe it's a thing. Like maybe I'd, I'd be interested to see. So yeah, it's interesting. We're always pulled to certain places, even if there's like, it doesn't, 
you know, it's a synchronicity or whatever that is. But for me, I'm always pulled to places where I need to be for certain things. And if it's an event that's talking about raising consciousness and aliens and, um, you know, fringe theory and all of these things, it it feels really appropriate to be there. So yeah, cool. Do you guys have anything else to add? Are you feeling pretty complete? Like any, anything else you would like to share? Uh, I no, I don't think so. I mean, all the stuff's at grammarica.ca. I don't know if we link to the YouTube channel there. We probably should do that. But I'll let Graham do the spiel this time. But uh, yeah, check no, the stuff I th- out. Yeah. No, I think I think it's pretty good. It's been a great chat. I really appreciate you having us on. Um, All right. So yeah. if people want to find you and listen to your podcast, it's grammarica.ca. Yeah. yeah. And we have audiobooks, a whole bunch of audiobooks that you can go to from there too. And uh, we have a, almost a couple YouTube channel, YouTube channels. Yeah, we have almost 100 audiobooks, a lot of ancient wisdom and stuff like that secret societies all, a lot of good books um on audio um and then our other podcast is grimerica outlawed and that you can get there from grimerica.ca as well and then our trips are from there as well we've got a trip coming up in utah and april 20th 420 with uh david matheson and the myths of the stars and brandon powell doing uh, wim hof breathwork and cold plunges and the, the event is between bryce canyon and zion park so we do hikes in zion and we do a like a dinner and sky watching with the star myths at Bryce Canyon. So that'll be with like a, a house, uh, like a, a cabin house full of cool people. It'll be great. You guys are really into the Wim Hof thing. I, this, is, I well, this has got to impress you. I do 15 minute or I was every day for a year. I was doing 15 minute ice plungers at like four degrees with no breath work, nothing. I can hold a conversation and chat and like people like what the, I get these big guys in <laughs> And my spa get into the thing next to me and they're like fucking shivering and shaking. And then they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're having this conversation. You're chilled. And I'm like, they're hanging out. Maybe it's because I'm a, an ice queen. I don't know, but I think that's pretty <laughs> impressive. I think I'm, I'm pretty, in the ice baths. <laughs> yeah. I just really fucking love pain. I think that's what it is. I'm a masochist. Um, all right, guys, thank you so much for joining me guys. If you've enjoyed this, give us a review, a, comments on apple podcasts spread this share it with someone that you love go check out their podcast it's amazing i would also check out the podcast we co-created together i don't know what episode it was but that was a really dope one um, where we discussed grid work we discussed kundalini we discussed spiritual awakening we discussed lots of juicy things so thank you for being here i love you all beautiful souls and until next time Thank you for listening to another episode of Cracked Open. Don't forget to hit subscribe and share with a friend if this episode has served you in any way. For more information about the work that I do or to get in touch with me, read the show notes or head to beckmylonis.com. Until next time, beautiful soul.